0: Hey, fam! Hey, it's good to see your beautiful faces. Um, Yeah, so I'm gonna be talking about prayer this morning, and mainly just connection, our connection with the Lord. So, um, you know, the not the elders, but some of our leaders asked me and Ben um, if we would teach on prayer, and I said yes because (laughs) to me. I could teach on prayer because I value prayer, and it's important to me, so teaching on prayer is like making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Like, I can teach you how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich because I've done it, I know how to do it, and so that's what we're going to do, um, and that's what we're going to actually do. So I need some help with my table. We're going to actually—I I can't walk over there. Mm-mm. Nope, I've got to stay over here. <laughs> Thank you. And if I could have my peanut butter and jelly helpers up here too. I've got one. You know what? I need one, babe, I'm tagging you in. You're in. I'm tagging, I'm tagging you in. I was gonna try to like work through these notes and make peanut butter and jelly, but I'm just not gonna do that. So um, I have your, I'm tagging you in. Where's Allison? Come on, Allison. Oh, you come too. Yeah. No. go ahead, Allison. Yeah, come on. So I have four lovely helpers, and um, they're going to be making for you peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. really, almond butter and jelly, because I think we have peanut allergies in our midst, so you may commence. I only have I <laughs> only have three plates. Okay. so um Everyone's got notes, right? Um, So the way I think about prayer is, go ahead, just go for it, guys. Dig in. Don't be reluctant. Just get in there and make PB&J, however you want to make it. Hey, babe, I request an Uncrustable. (laughs) I agree. So yeah, there are, some, there are many types of prayer, and in my mind, I break up prayer into three different sort of categories, individual, corporate, and intercessory. So starting with individual, I'm just gonna blow on through them, okay? So, um, there, and there are many different types of prayer. Now, question, is this list exhaustive? No. No, this is a beginning. This is your start, starting place, okay? Um, so first type is I, I say it's devotional or contemplative. And um, scripture that goes with that is Psalm 119.15. It says, I will meditate on your precepts and contemplate your ways. And, um, and then also Psalm 55.17 says, evening and morning and at noon I will pray. It's that word, contemplate. And cry aloud and he shall hear my voice. So this kind of prayer is a type of prayer where you're, you're meditating on scripture, maybe you're journaling and you're praying, okay? Then there's refreshing and strengthening in the Lord. And this is from 1 Samuel 30, verse 6. Now David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. And that word strengthen is kind of like to, to seize like, violently by the hand. Um, it's like an apprehension, and that's what David did in that moment when his, everyone was talking of, of stoning him. He grabbed onto the Lord violently and held on, and, um, and a sister scripture with that is um, Isaiah 42, 6. For I, the Lord your God, will hold your right hand, saying to you, fear not, I will help you. So David reached out, apprehended the Lord, and in this scripture, Isaiah 1, the Lord reaches out, apprehends us, okay? So it's like a seizing, and it strengthens you. Um, And then we have petitions. That's Philippians 4, 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So petitions, that's like requests. That's, um, you know, just things that you need you voice them to the Lord, and you pray, right? Um, And then also John 5, 15, and we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we've asked of him, okay? Then we have lament, Psalm 6, 8, and 9, for the Lord has heard the voice of my weeping, the Lord has heard my supplication, the Lord will receive my prayer. And again, Joel 2.12, turn to me with all your heart with fasting and weeping and mourning. And this, the word lament in that scripture is a generic word for weeping, but it's often combined, probably a third of the time in the, in the word, it's combined with fasting and prayer and and sackcloth, okay? All right. How are you guys doing over there? <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so... Praying in tongues or praying in the spirit, 1 Corinthians 14.4, he who speaks in the tongue edifies himself, and also 1 Corinthians 14.15, I'll pray in the spirit and pray in the understanding, and that's our prayer language, and it's clearly edifying to oneself. It's an individual exchange, and it um, builds, builds you up. If you haven't prayed in tongues in a while, please do it. It's awesome. I was doing it the other day in the shower, and I was like, this is amazing. Like, Why don't I engage this more? All right, and then a prayer, an individual prayer, prayer of repentance, 2 Samuel 24 10. David's heart condemned him after he had numbered the people, so David said to the Lord, I've sinned greatly in what I have done, but now I pray, O Lord, take away the iniquity of your servant, for I've done very foolishly. And that's a word for beseech. And, you know, obviously we need to come and pray and, and repent and turn and change our mind, you know, another form of individual prayer. All right, so corporate prayer. Um, there's holding space, and this is out of Psalm 141, 2. It says, let my prayer be set before you as incense and the lifting of my hands as an evening sacrifice. So this is a concept of, like, um, the people of Israel would had times in the morning and in the evening where they um, made sacrifice. Um, There was the sacrifice of lambs for guilt offerings and sin offerings, but there's also an an incense sacrifice, which represents prayer, and so it is like a, the people would turn their minds toward the Lord just at that time. They would steward those times of the day, okay, and then um, you guys can seal, cover those, put put those babies together, and yeah, do your thing. Um, All right, so then there's seeking the will of God. 2 Chronicles 20, 3 through 4. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. So Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord. From all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. So this was a time when um, Israel was being attacked by some enemies, and um, Jehoshaphat was afraid, and everyone was. And so they all fasted, even their children. Everyone came together and fasted, and they sought the Lord. They made some petitions, too. They asked for help and salvation, but they, uh, he, Jehoshaphat specifically says, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. So they weren't coming with a, like, a certain plan they had in mind. They were literally coming to ask the Lord what he wanted to do. And then they heard that plan, they executed it, and he delivered them. Okay all right petitions also can be done in a corporate setting i touched on that before um isaiah 37 1 through 4. the i'm going to sum this summarize this um the rab Rabshaka, rab shaka is that how it's said rab shaka basically the the commander of the syrian army he um came and was threatening jerusalem and um freaking everyone out, and um, Hezekiah gathered up some of the lead um, priests and scribes and prophets and asked them just to pray and, like, give their petitions to the Lord for salvation, so they got together as a corporate group, and that's what they did. How are you guys doing over there? Great. Can we have a handheld mic here? All right. Um, do you want to tell me about your PB&J offering?
1: Well, <laughs> I mean, I had a l- I struggled a little with the Uncrustables <laughs> thing, but that's okay because I have one <coughs> classic half here. But I am a fan of the Uncrustables oh. cutter. To be able to freeze ahead a peanut butter and jelly sandwich sure. and have it be a perfect pocket is wonderful. All
0: right, tell me about yours, Joe.
2: Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> a lot of people just make a PB&J, peanut butter one side, jelly the other, slap together. That, that can work. That can work. Maybe it's for the novice. I don't know. I don't need to be judgmental at all. But, but I did learn this technique in traveling to Disney World with the family. We would actually buy a whole loaf of bread. We'd lay the whole loaf out and we'd make PB&Js, individually bag them, stick them back in the big loaf bag, and then that was like lunch at Disney World for the whole family. So to do that, though, the secret is you peanut butter both sides of the bread. That keeps the jelly from absorbing into the bread and keeping it, you know, getting it mushy. So... When you, and, and take it takes practice, so take your time. The other thing that really I enjoy about a good PB&J is open the, you take the two pieces out, you open them together the same direction, and you put them back together the same direction. I, it bothers me when you have a backwards piece of bread and the two humps are off a little bit. Come on. So... And and you also want to see there's a little bit of a bump because it's like a jelly donut. You want to get to that (laughs) jelly center and enjoy that jelly center right there, all right?
0: Thank you, Joe. (laughs) You made a very compelling sale of that peanut butter and (laughs) jelly.
1: Oh, he gets an applause. Yep, okay, that was great.
3: (laughs) I I appreciate the innovation. (laughs) I, on the other hand, am probably... PB&J purist, traditionalist, (laughs) I make PB&J the way that PB&J has been made for thousands of years, (laughs) which is peanut butter on one side and jelly on the other side, so call me simplistic, but why why mess with perfection? (laughs)
4: I will say, as I was observing all of our plates, I noticed that Joe's peanut butter was so smooth. So I think he really has a lot
1: of experience. <laughs>
4: um, and the other thing, I was a little distracted because uh, while well, we stirred, the peanut butter, the oil was at the top, and Joe did a great job stirring it. <clears throat> but then I, as I was making our peanut butter, I dropped some on the table. And I was just thinking how, like, sometimes the things that we bring to the Lord in prayer are messy but he makes something great out of them. And so here's ours. We just oh. do little. <laughs> oh. It's
0: beautiful. Thank you, guys. Can you guys <laughs> give them You should definitely try each other's PB&Js. No, get that out of here. Get that table out of here. <laughs> Very tempting. <laughs> oh, man. That was
1: great. I
0: do have a point. I'll get to it in a second. <laughs> where was I? Um, okay, so lament is another thing that you can do corporately, and I've listed many psalms of lament, um, and it's, it's an ancient m- um, way of praying where you get together with your family, your tribe, and you lament before the Lord. It's very important. We, we did it last year, and it was awesome. Repentance, again, something you can do corporately, in this case, um, the case of the Gibeonites, there was a three-year famine, and David inquired of the Lord what's going on, and the Lord revealed that um, Saul had slaughtered some, the innocent Gibeonites, some, the innocent blood, and that's what was hindering them from having plenty in their land. So they received an instruction and how to make atonement for that. They did it, and the, um, God heeded the prayer, and the famine ended. And then refreshing or strengthening the Lord, again, it's, it's something that we do corporately. We do it. We like to do it in the context of worship, actually. It, Psalm 25 says, we will rejoice in your salvation, and in the name of the, of the Lord our God, we will set up our banners. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. And um, I'm sure you can feel it when we're in worship together, and it just turns into this rally. And you know, we're lifting up our banners together and it's like we're lifting up our, our our petitions and our requests and we just feel the the Lord's heart like he's with us. You know, we feel that he's with us. So that's another um, corporate expression of prayer. All right, final thing is intercessory and this is kind of its own little creature. <laughs> it's um, It's more intercessory prayer is more than um, just a prayer to be prayed. It's like a lifestyle, and, a, and it's, a call, it's a lifestyle that we are all, as the ecclesia of God, called to, and really it requires its own Sunday, so I'm not really going to talk about it, <laughs> but it has to do with um, standing in the gap, and that gap being primarily the gap between heaven and earth, what God's kingdom is on, on hev- in heaven and his desire to see that come about on earth and how we can partner with him, and there's lots of ways we can do that. Um, So I'm gonna let you guys dig into that on your own time. Um, But it's extensive, it's deep, and it's important for us all to understand. Every believer, not just like the classic maverick intercessors that come to mind, they're not the only ones who are called to intercessory prayer, we all are, because it's part of our calling as the Ecclesia of God. So I'm not gonna try to convince you of that today, (laughs) but another day, maybe. So, um, what's the deal with the PB&J? <laughs> I told you guys at the beginning, when, um, when our leaders asked me to teach on prayer, I said, of course, because I can, it's like making a PB&J. I can easily do that. I can teach anyone how to make PB&J. I can teach anyone how to pray. And, um, and the Lord kind of like flipped it on me when, as I was exploring and, you know, studying for this time. And, and he, he basically was like, And if you ask three or four people to make PB&Js, you're probably gonna get three or four different PB&Js, right? And I was like, that is, yes, that is true. We all can do it and they're all different. And so really, this, this, these notes, I want you to kind of like pack up and they're your to-go box for the rest of the week and put away because what it comes down to is that prayer is connection with god prayer is connection with god okay we can get into the nitty-gritty and all the details and worry about all the things and do all the things and and wonder how we should be praying when we should be praying what kind of prayer is this but prayer is connection with god and that is the most important thing is to connect with god he wants to connect with you he longs to connect with you and your soul was created for the connection with the lord he, he, your your soul has to have it, and he desires it so much, so it doesn't matter how you pray, it doesn't matter, like, what kind of prayer, or if I should be praying more or less, or of course not going to pray less, but you know, this way, that way, the important thing is to do it, is to connect with the Lord, you have to do it, because your soul needs it, and he wants it, he wants it from you, Zephaniah 3.17 says, The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He'll rejoice over you with gladness. He'll quiet you by his love. He'll exalt over you with loud singing. And and that's his heart. His heart is to be with you. His heart is to look at your face without any shame or veil, to see you face to face and to connect with you. And it's just so important to do that. And to do it whenever you can, as much as you can, as often as you can. Connect with the Lord. Like, don't, don't worry about the, the double peanut buttered bread, you know? <laughs> Just, like, do it. Just do it as much as you can, as often as you can. Connect with the Lord. Like, your soul has to have it. First <clears throat> John, John 3, 1 and 2 says, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Beloved, now we are children of God and has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we will see him as he is. So we were designed to look at his face and we were designed to look at it without shame and without um, like letting anything come between us. And he wants to see our face like that, just, just our face, you know? And that's what prayer is, it's connection. Um, I feel like... Ben and I are kind of uniquely positioned to talk about connection just because of the nature of our family. And you know, when we start into an adoption journey, everyone always says, it's about connection, it's about connection, it's about connection, connection this, connection that, blah, blah, blah. Like, we talk about connection probably 20 times a day we're talking about connection. And it's, you know, it's important to, to be um, intentional about that and a lot of you, and, and and because we're intentional about that, it's like, you know, when you buy a new car, you see that car everywhere. So, like, because Ben and I are really intentional about connection. We see you all connecting with your children and your loved ones, like, all the time. And you guys are really good at it. The smallest things, like, you know, um, I don't know, tr- trying to where's Shelly, trying to get Lily to cooperate, you know, it's like the connection, I see you connecting with Lily, you know, or um, trying to get Michael to eat something, you know, I see you, the connection, I see it, like, you guys are good at that, you, you connect with each other, you know, you're, and, and this is all that prayer is, it's connection with God, and, you know, there are some things that can hinder that. You know what they are. It's usually shame or religion and sometimes your own hardness of heart. But you were designed for that connection. You were designed to, to see him, you know, face to face. And um, so that's what prayer is, and, and you should all do it. <laughs> we all should do it, you know. Um, so yep. Psalm 34, 4 through 5 says, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked to him and were radiant and their faces were not ashamed. That's our destiny, is to look to the Lord without shame and become radiant. As we look at him, we'll be like him, right? So, yeah, the primary thing, it's good to have the foundation of all the different types of prayer. And as I said, this list isn't exhaustive, but... Um, the primary thing is to connect with the Lord, like, face to face, and that's what prayer is, and to be real creative in doing that, or real um, consistent, or both, right? Um, so, yeah, when, and I, I asked the Lord, like, what, what do you want to say to your people today about this? And his primary concerns were, he said, "To lift the weight from my people and let them just come to me. Lift the weight, Just get rid of, abolish all the religious hindrances and what your pre- conceived notions are about prayer. Just come to him, right? And then the second thing is, reveal to them how much they are actually connecting with me, because you all have things that you're doing in the ways that you're connecting with the Lord that maybe you don't even see it as prayer, but it is because you're connecting with him, and that's important, like, we have to have that, right? For me, like, a lot of my prayer life is just, like, an inner dialogue, you know, it's kind of like an inner monologue, but you've, I've invited the Lord into it. Should I do this thing? Should I go here? What are you saying, what do you want to reveal in this moment right now? Like, what should I, should I, should I do this over here? Like, is now the time to, you know, it's that kind of thing. That's a lot of, like, for me. That's a lot of my prayer life, and that's prayer. That's prayer because I'm connecting with the Lord. You know, we're talking, he's involved in my day, you know, and we're, we're doing this together. So um, I want to invite a couple of my buds up here to talk about their own, their, their own ways that they connect with the Lord. You know, a lot of you, sometimes you have patterns of connecting, and you should go for that and keep going, doing that. And then, you know, sometimes when we hear testimonies of others, how they connect with the Lord, it can open our minds up to new possibilities, so, and and it's important to hear from the body, amen? So I was, I wanted to invite, um, who should, you want to go? You come on, okay. He can come and then, yeah. Huh? He's my bud and my babe. He's my babe.
3: So this is my, um my own personal PB&J. This is specifically my, uh, my Monday through Friday devotional PB&J, so it looks a little different on Saturdays, looks a little different on a Wednesday night, looks a little different on a Sunday morning. Before I dive into it, I just wanna say that if you felt uh, blitzed by Danielle's survey of prayer in the Bible, um, that was strategic. And I think that as we were talking about it before today, um, that the desire was to see how permission-giving the Bible is when it comes to prayer. And so I hope that we can all receive that today and receive permission from the Word for what prayer looks like uh, for us, especially over the course of this 21-day fast, and what it looks like for others and to grant others the same permission that the Bible uh, grants us. So just wanted to say that. So um, for me, uh, my... Devotional prayer time with the Lord happens in the morning and that is also very strategic. I'm a very can be a very task oriented person uh, By nature, it's my job task management is my job. So I do it like eight hours a day Um, And if I don't connect with the Lord in this way in the morning I can very easily become mastered by my task list instead of me mastering my task list and so Um, I basically, I do three things in my time with the Lord every morning, and the first thing that I do is turn, and I just, I get in my living room, I kneel in front of the ottoman with my Bible, and I just turn my attention to the Lord, and I don't even say anything. I just kind of let him wash over me and just kind of love me in that moment, let him uh, lift whatever burdens have already crept onto my shoulders between that point and getting out of bed, and I just let the Lord kind of minister to me, and just for a, f- a few seconds, and then um, I will just say a simple prayer before I get to the second thing which I do, which is read uh, the Bible. But uh, before I say this prayer, I think. I say probably two words over and over that are probably, to me, the most important two words in my relationship with God. And that is, thank you. I just say, thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And there's probably a, a message for another Sunday on thank you But those two words to me are the most uh, course correcting, faith shipwreck avoiding, um, plumb lining words that are um, just central to my relationship with God. So I cannot uh, exaggerate the importance of saying thank you to God. And, you know, in that, that's the, it's the Psalm 100, verse 4, Enter, I'm entering his gates with thanksgiving. So uh, then I just say this super simple prayer before, before I read the word, and that is, God, speak to me through your word. Reveal Jesus to me through your word this morning. And then I read. And, you know, I'm a huge fan of, uh, of reading through the Bible. I've done a few annual reading plans that are amazing. Right now, I'm just reading a chapter a day because I feel like with some of the reading plans, if I got behind, I felt like, oh, man, I got to read all this to catch up. And it also kind of gives me permission if I want to just explore something else that I feel like the Lord is highlighting to me at a particular time. I'm like, all right. I can press pause on where I'm at in the Bible, and I can, you know, seek out this thing. So, it also, reading through the Bible also helps inoculate me against a me-centered Christianity. It reminds me that I'm actually part of a divine storyline that God is writing throughout human history that is way bigger than just me. So it helps me understand my place, my, you know, the role, the part that I play in his divine storyline, but it has this good, humbling effect that takes me out of the middle of the universe, basically. And so that's another reason that I recommend it. And so I read. I'll just, I'll read my chapter for the day. I'll read through it. I usually read through it at once, And as I'm doing that, um, you know, one or more of three things will probably happen. I'll have a revelation. The prayer that I prayed 15 seconds earlier, (laughs) asking for, you know, a spirit of wisdom and revelation, gets answered. The Holy Spirit highlights something to me. I'll have a revelation. The second thing is, I might read something that makes absolutely no sense. And so I'll be like, what in the world? God, I don't get that. So I'll have a question. And then the third thing is I might feel convicted, right? I'm like, oh, you got me. You got me, Lord Jehovah's Sneaky, got me. (laughs) I thought I was just reading through the Bible and man, just (laughs) nailed me. So, um, you know, in that, in the reading, I then move on to the third part, which you can call prayer. I, r- I wrestle with, do, you, do I call it prayer? Do I call it dialogue? Do I call it communion? And the whole point of it, right, is the reading isn't about acquiring information, right? It's about connection, as Danielle has been exhorting us. It's about connecting with the Lord. So I will just begin to dialogue with the Lord about the re- the revelation that I just got, the question um, that I have, the the conviction that I'm feeling, I, you know, I might be asking for forgiveness, but I just begin this conversation um, with God. And uh, I often find myself even just praying towards the end of that time, praying what I just read kind of back back to the Lord. And it, I find that it just gets that word in me. You know, I think Paul talked about, you know, the, the word of God dwelling richly within you. And, and in praying it back to God, I find that um, that it uh, inhabits me at a deeper level, and then often, I'll usually just transition into uh, just praying, connecting with the Lord about whatever is on my heart that day, that morning. Um, you know, often it's interceding or praying for my family. It's um, praying for God to 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 break through in a certain area in my life or in the life of my kids, or seeking Him for. <laughs> wisdom about some decision that either I'm facing or that our, our family's facing. And so um, that's where kind of maybe my intercessory bend or propensity kind of comes in. But that's where I, I'm kind of offloading uh, some things that are weighing on my shoulders that if I don't, I'm going to carry those things around throughout my, my day. And then, But after I offload them, I'm like, I feel way better. Like, <laughs> like I'm feel lighter, and I can then, you know, <laughs> focus and connect with the Lord and with other people um, in a healthier way. So that's what my, my prayer Pub and j looks like.
0: Thank you, babe. That was lovely. That was a yummy sandwich. Um, how about, let's see, how, how about, you guys want to come? Yeah. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> She's got some fans in the audience here. Oh, sorry. Here, I need this. <laughs>
5: okay. Do you want Micah to go first? Yeah, sure. Okay. So Micah is up here because he wants to share. Well, I don't know if he wants to share. but I, I, I um, asked him. Danielle asked him. <laughs> he's he's my very buddy. nervous. <laughs> but I told him all these people love him. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Michael, we love you. And you hear your boy. <laughs> so, um, do you want to tell them like what you what you do for prayer? What's your special thing you like to do? Uh, my thing is prayer language. He has a prayer language, and how he said he said what would help him is if I asked
4: him questions. So,
5: so he. Micah, what? How has your your gift of prayer language? How has it helped you? Um,
2: It has given me peace through um, hard times. Is
5: that it? Okay. (laughs) And then, how has your prayer language helped others?
2: Well, um, I remember um, seeing Pastor Joseph um, in the church, and we were at George's house, house. and we were um, praying over him. So I just joined in, and he, and um, when we were done, he said that um, his. Trip was worth the while, thanks to me, I think.
5: And his heart was healed. <laughs> he, he, I mean, obviously, he's from Lebanon, so they were dealing with a lot, and he was really hurting. And he, Micah just started, I mean, he, we didn't tell him, we didn't prompt him or anything. He just went over and started speaking in tongues over Pastor Joseph. And um, it was like, I mean, it was powerful for me and the people that were around and obviously for Pastor Joseph, and, um, and he just said when he, when Micah got done, we got done, and he told us later, he's like, I feel like my heart is healed now. <laughs> like, like Jesus touched my heart, so. And then there was a, another time. Um, oh, yeah, so when we were back, back in March, um, we had that prayer and worship time. Bethel students were here. Leanne was leading that time. And I just asked the kids, I said, look, I know you wanna go down and be with your friends and play with them, but I really just wanna, I want you to give 10 minutes, just give 10 minutes to the Lord and just see what the Lord does. And so um, we just, you know, they stayed for 10 minutes. I didn't set a timer or anything. I just was like, I'm not gonna set a timer. I'm just gonna see what the Lord does. And so um, we just started. Worshiping, I had, like, all my flags back there, and my kids were just, like, picking up the flags. Micah just mainly, like, sat there and just was praying, and I was praying over him. And, and then um, he had this really cool vision that I really want him to share. Are you okay sharing it? Okay, you want me to do it. Okay. <laughs> so I have to – I wrote it down, so I got to, like, look at it. But he had a vision. You can come up here. Um, and if I get anything wrong, you got to correct. Okay, so he had a vision. He was walking in a garden with a man, and a big wall. There was a big wall and a door, and um, and then there was a door open, but there was nothing there. And it was white. There was it was a white void, and two do- And then there were two doors open, and one was a lush meadow. A lush meadow with sheep and flowers and it was just beautiful and the other door was dark evil place and had and he had a choice which one to walk in and so he started you started heading towards the meadow and then something started pulling you back right Mm -hmm. something evil was pulling you back but then somehow you were able to break free yeah you can't remember how he broke free but then he walked into the meadow, and the man in the meadow was who? Jesus. Yeah. And so Jesus was walking with him, holding his hand, just showing him all the beautiful, his se- your own special secret garden, basically. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> so Micah has, and then after that, um, and so my kids basically stayed in there. They didn't go down. <laughs> it was just a really cool, special time. And, um, and then Micah, just we, we really felt like we really wanted to pray for Tristan. And so we called him out, and Micah just started praying in tongues over Tristan. And um, I think it had only been like four months since he had been diagnosed, two months since he had been diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. And so we just really wanted to pray for him. And so Micah's praying in tongues, and Tristan's like, look, at I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> but he was like, I want that. And so we started praying over him, and you know, I think he, he definitely received it that night. And so it's just like, you know, Micah has his own way of doing things. His, he feels connected to the Lord through tongues, and I mean, a lot of us do. And so, um, and it's just been neat to see what the Lord has done in his life and bring him peace when times have been hard. And, um, and then just warring for other, for other people and praying for them and interceding for them.
0: Amen. So. Thank you, Micah. Thank you, Micah.
5: Okay. <laughs> you can go sit down, or you can stay with me, because I'm scared. <laughs> 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 All right, so I um, actually, I forgot my flags, babe. Can you bring them up? Um, I don't, I'm not necessarily going to do anything, but I just wanted to, so Daniel asked me to, and one of my ways of praying is I like to dance, (laughs) obviously. If you know me, you know that's what I like to do. And so I will um, intercede a lot just through dancing. And really, when you intercede through dance, you're just adding movement to your prayer. And so, for me, it's hard for me to just kind of, I mean, sometimes I am just like totally just need to be resting in the Lord, just laying down. And, um, but a lot of times I I add, I like to add movement to my prayers. So, and it's not just dance. (laughs) I I will karate chop. So, I know that sounds weird. But... um, When we, 10 years ago, when we were dealing with our nephew dying of cancer, I was angry one night. (laughs) And I just was like, I've had it. And we were in our hotel room and, you know, our, we had spent a whole day with our nephew. We actually had done like a, I think it was like a make a wish thing. And we went to like the Chick-fil-A farm and everything. And they like treated our whole family. But you know, and then Micah actually was a baby at that time, and he was actually sick a lot during that time, too, just dealing with a lot of um, wheezing and just constantly getting sick, and so he was, like, not feeling good that night, and I just, like, I was just, like, I'm karate chopping the devil, (laughs) and I just started, like, you know, just karate chopping and just praying, and I'm just, like, I'm sick of you coming after my kids, and so, That was my intercession that night. And then I did it the other day because my son, Josiah, he has type 1 diabetes. He, if you guys don't know, recently he's been dealing with a lot of stomach pain. We don't have any answers. We don't know what it is. Um, And so I'm not gonna get into all of that, but I just was like, "Let's, let's karate chop the devil, kids. And so I got him up and we were just like karate chopping and stuff like that. But you know what, Josiah saw he saw the demons, like, falling over, like, and so it was, and he could feel, like, he could feel the Lord just helping him. Um, So, I mean, those are just, those are some unique ways that I, (laughs) but also, like, I, if I don't intercede, like, or I just kind of get in a funk, and I've been in a funk this past fall, there's a lot, a lot of stuff that's been going on, and I was definitely dealing with depression and anxiety And um, I was talking to Danielle and Ben one night, and Danielle's like, yeah, like, you're an intercessor, Michelle. Like, if you don't intercede, you're, like, become, what what was the word? Stale. Funky. Funky. Like, you need to just do it, even if you don't feel like it. And I did not feel like it. Like, I kind of took a break from just dance and leading dance and stuff like that. But I don't necessarily need to take a break from, you know, interceding and, and so um, so Lindsay and I lead a small group of awesome young ladies. That was my little, my little crew back there. <laughs> but, um, and I just was honest with them one night. I just shared with them, like, hey, this is what I'm going through. Like, I didn't want to share. kind of just wanted to keep it to myself. But I really felt like I needed to share. And then I was like, and I feel like I'm supposed to just intercede and dance over you all. And, and so Lindsay and I just started praying and well, Lindsay wasn't dancing, but we were praying, she was praying, and um, Nicole was there and dancing, we were just dancing over everybody, and, and it was just like, oh my gosh, it just like lifted for me. And so, um, sometimes I dance with a matah, I know, I'm not gonna get into all of that, because I know there's new people here, but matahs are like a staff, and it, it's, um, it means to cause to yield, and so we've danced with that before, and intercede with, the, with those, um, uh, instruments of worship, um, and then yeah, just flags and flags. Like they, um, yeah, they like cause like whatever is happening in heaven, you want it to be done here on earth. And so mm. I wave flags a lot, and and I, that's my thing. And I feel like I just, you know, I'll wave it over and all the different colors mean something different, like yellow and blue. Yellow means? Joy. Joy, good. And blue means revelation and peace. And so um, a lot of times if I need this in my life or I know that someone else does, I will, will wave these flags and just be praying over them for those things, so I think that's it, yeah. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you.
0: That- that's an, that's an awesome um, example of how to move your body and connect with the Lord, you know? Like, there's so many different ways. You just got to find what's right for you and do it, you know? Um, Allison, would you come up? Thank you.
1: Um, I feel like sometimes that my way of connecting with the Lord is really out there <laughs> because I mostly connect with the Lord through my imagination. But Micah, you know, kind of led the way for me because um, I, how I hear is a lot like that, only um, I don't start with a prayer language. It's so funny how everybody has, like, a different way of entering into God's presence. Like, it can be worship or... I mean, for so many of it, it's just turning on worship and worshiping. Um, and then movement. Like, I move in my imagination. I'm a wonderful dancer. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Jesus and I, in my imagination, we can dance. Like, we are awesome. And sometimes I'll, you know, like, I'll dance um, you might even see me sometime down a trail when nobody's watching, you know. And in my imagination, I look awesome. <laughs> but um, that's all I need. But okay. So anyway, I'm going to talk to you about. Um, I feel like, like Danielle was talking about, like entering, like prayer. I always feel like is the most important thing that we really have. And so when we're trying to connect with God in whatever way, you know, he's connecting with us, and we're all individuals, so it's going to be a little bit different for every single one of us, there's going to be a lot of warfare to try to keep us from the point of being able to hear him. There is so much warfare. It can sound like shame, like, oh, you never do this, like, why are you doing this right now? It can sound like distraction. Like, I have a million other things to do right now. Why would I pray? Um, It could be so many different things, but what I keep on the forefront of my mind um, when I'm thinking I need to get to my daily deep dive, um, I just think, okay, this is life or death. I mean, I can keep going and do all the things that I need to do to get done, um, or I can be distracted by all the things I'm worried about or anxious about, um, or I can just get straight to the Father and feel loved and feel life. And then everything I do for the rest of the day is going to flow out of that. If I can just, it's almost like the lady, you know, like grabbing his gar- the garment of Jesus. Like if I can just get there, then everything else is going to flow out, and I'm going to feel loved, and life will happen in my life, um, you know. So... So that's my mindset, is like, okay, if I can just get there, if I can just get there. Um, so I'm just gonna give a few tips about how I get there, because, um, you know, it's different for me, but maybe this will um, spark some help for the rest of you, if your mind is strange and overly imaginative like <laughs> mine is. Um, and I will say, too, um, what Michelle was saying about like, dealing with anxiety and depression, The Lord convicted me. I was really coming to him, praying for somebody that I love and um, having a hard time not going to anxiety and depression like because it was just so heavy. And I thought, you know, look, what can I do? And so I just kept writing. A lot of times um, when I'm trying to get off my chest, like big emotions, I'll journal. And that helps me kind of get out. Um, of my own emotions and my own head so I can get it out and look at it and then I can start really, so I wrote it all down I've been writing this stuff down for days. Finally, I was like, I need breakthrough. Help me. And I just heard the Lord say, Allison, your imagination is so, so, so powerful. You don't know. And I was like, what? (laughs) Like, I'm, I'm, praying for somebody, you know, like, that, you know, how does my imagination touch that? And he said, he said, I want you to imagine them with me, you know, like, I just want you to imagine best case scenario, and that really, he just said, I want you to imagine best case scenario for them, and I was like, well, best case scenario for anybody is just Jesus walking closely with them. So I just started imagining that, and it felt stupid, you know, like, if, and let me tell you, this is a tip. Pro tip, if you feel stupid while prayer, praying, you're probably on the right track. Yes. Because most of the ridiculous things that I hear during prayer are the Lord. I was thinking about Moses like being called to take off his sandals and there's a burning bush in front of him. I mean, that is ridiculous. I mean, God wasn't this big powerful thing in that moment like he's a burning bush I mean so so anyway so the first thing I do the very very first thing I do after I tell myself okay we are going to pray um, is um, I find a, a place to pray and this doesn't have to be a place place it can actually just be a place in your mind you guys probably know I have a secret garden that I've created really just to pray and a lot of other good things flow out of that Um, and it's a great place to invite other people into too now but um, before that secret garden existed in real life for years and years it just existed in my my imagination and i would go in my bed or wherever i was and just meet with jesus in front of a pretty fountain in a a make-believe garden in my head (laughs) Um, and i would lay down everything in front of them. So it is possible, and the the cool thing about having these places in your head is sometimes then they do happen. (laughs) Like I didn't expect (laughs) to make a secret garden, but then it happened. So so anyway, um, I go to those places in my mind and then um, I quiet my thinking. And this sounds so simple, right? But it's the hardest thing. because, you know, your mind just goes and goes, so. But I think of it as like priming a canvas. Like, if you can, if you can um, quiet your mind and listen, it's like you're allowing the Lord to paint on a blank canvas. Like, you might have painted all kinds of anxiety, you know, like, or distractions or, you know, whatever you're dealing with. But um, he has some really good things to show you and communicate to you like life and love you know um, and so one of the way that I quiet my mind is to meditate but and that sounds like Eastern religion or whatever but meditation is also a Christian idea and one way that I do that that I meditate is I just focus on a very short scripture or truth that you know and they come from scripture like i'll stop and be like okay what should i meditate on today oh also another pro tip okay Um, a lot of times we think about our imagination as oh that's just your imagination you know we hear some phrases like that that can kind of be derogatory and our imagination can be pulled by lusts distractions anxiety um the Bible is full of scriptures about that. But I also found this scripture, Chronicles 29, 18, which which is a prayer that says, Jehovah, God of Abraham and Isaac, keep this forever in the imagination and the thoughts of your heart, um, of your people, and direct our hearts to you. So there's a place where when we offer up our imagination and say, God, show me, in this blank, quiet place in my mind, then he shows up. Because guess what? We are made in his image and likeness. Mm-hmm. And did you know that imagination and image just like are just like in the Hebrew, kind of like they are in the English? Like they're related? So it's almost like, I've always thought it's like, we are made in his image and he has an imagination, a place where he created us, where he thought us and made us. And so because we, are in his image, we also have an imagination. And that imagination, I think about, you know, the Michelangelo painting of God touching man, that imagination is a place where we can touch God. Where if we say, please show me, he can. Like, he can meet us in that place. And for me, a lot of times it's imagery, but it can also be a feeling, a taste, a smell, um, a thought, hearing words it can be so many different senses it can even be beyond the senses like if you keep going it can mm-hmm. kind of be beyond what we're sensing here. Okay, anyway, that was a little bit <laughs> um, okay, yes, yeah, meditate on short scripture for, and I've set, I'll set my clock and be like five minutes, I'm just going to focus on that God loves me God loves me God loves me, and then I'll stop and be like thank you for loving me you love me you know for five minutes um and then that is like then i'm ready to hear what he's telling me because i've primed i've quieted my own voice but i have to say this is my deep dive method because once you um like meditate on his truth for five minutes then you can re- it's like super powering my hearing sometimes worship is helpful for that but then sometimes i don't want to be and sometimes I need worship to help me like get out my strong emotions, which is, which is great. But sometimes I just want to hear exactly what he's telling me. Like I don't want it to be pulled by whatever the song says or whatever I was thinking before. I just want to hear exactly what he's telling me. Um, Ted was talking about the Hanene word, like the behold me coming to the Lord and saying, behold me. So I was kind of doing that the week before he was preaching, and I thought, I'm going to try this. I was like, behold me, and it's Christmas, so I've got a million and one things that I'm doing in my head and so many distractions, and so many voices saying, you're not doing this right. You're not doing this right. You know, there's so many checks to have to check off at Christmas time. So I'm walking, and I was like, okay, Lord, and I did this whole process. I was like, Hanani, behold me, quieting it all down. And I just heard him say, and I was like, so what are you doing? And he said, just you. Like, I just, I just want you. I don't want what you do, or you have a certain mindset to come to me, or to be a certain way. I really just want you. And I was like, oh, you do. You love, like, you know, and so then as I'm going through Christmas, I would be like, okay, this is all great, but, you know, I want to worship you. And I would just hear that, just you, you know, just want you. And I'd be like, oh, you've got me, you know. Like, so I encourage you. This is my deep dive method because for me, study, studying and worship aren't the, my deep dive method. They're places I love to go to get deep truths. But for me, I have to, like, dive into meditation first so that I can then um, be able to hear. So, mm.
0: man, thank you. <laughs> oh. She's getting me. She got me. All right, Dana, you know, sorry. You've got, like, three minutes. <laughs> Come up here. Dangerous. Dana's devotional life is dangerous. She is dangerous. Danger ball Dana. She is dangerous. This one.
4: <laughs> I don't know how to do three
1: minutes. I'm barely able to do this.
4: <laughs> um, I thought it was interesting that Danielle brought out the table because um, we did not even talk about what any of us were sharing and um, what the Lord was just really speaking to me about with devotional life is hunger and thirst. Um, that when you're hungry and the physical, thirsty in the physical, you go after something to meet that need. And um, where I landed on, what I've really been hearing a lot over the past year is I prepare a table for you in the presence of your enemy. Mm-hmm. And so um, I guess for me, journaling is really a huge um, way to connect with the Lord, and um, so, like, if I back, like, backtrack, you know, it's hard to do in three minutes, sorry, <laughs> sorry. Um, if I backtrack before, I've always kind of journaled through my life, but there was, like, definitely a point in my life where I was in a really desperate, desperate place, and had really turned away from the Lord completely, like, did not believe he cared one bit about me, and um, he woke me up in, the, like, early, early morning hours and said, I, I heard an audible voice tell me to get out my journal, and he was going to take me on a journey, and so I did, and I just, I don't even know how long I sat there. It was hours before my kids got up and just, like, sort journaling um, things, and I mean, I, I grew up in church, so I knew a lot of scripture, and I have, I had have loved Jesus my whole life, you know, like, from time, as long as I can remember, but things happen, and lies creep in, and all of this, and you find yourself in that place of, you know, rejecting him, so he just, like, started giving me pictures of where I, like, what was happening spiritually, and where he was taking me, and giving me scriptures, um, really cling to, and so I journaled all of that out, and and then I didn't pick it back up for a few weeks, and then I ran into somebody who, we had this conversation, and it just, like, it stirred up so much hunger in me, and I was thinking about that journal experience, <laughs> and I just was like, this is how I need to pursue Lord. so I, I guess, like, started... I had always journaled about God and about scripture, but never just directly to him. And so I started, uh, like, Heavenly Father, you know, and very, not super personal, but trying my best to just write it as if I was speaking directly to the Lord. And I just, I know, like, over time, I did that for a while, and your names for the Lord start to change as he becomes more personal. You know him more personally. So, you know, eventually it was like, I'm writing to Papa, you know. And um, and then, like, one day I hear, like, but I want you to know me as your husband. So, like, I start to write to Jesus as my husband. Or then Jesus as my best friend. Or, um, and then, you know, move into, like, I don't, I didn't really grow up. I, I knew about the Holy Spirit, but I didn't really grow up with a lot of that. And so I start writing to the Holy Spirit, and that just opens up a whole new world when you start to really know Him as your best friend. So, like you know, just spending time doing that, and um, you know, I had little little kids. They were all—I mean, Liam was probably four. <laughs> so I had baby toddler and uh kindergartner maybe maybe not even that old and so sometimes it looked like I get up as early as i can and then five minutes later i hear a cry in the bedroom i have to go and get them but um someone at that time a spiritual leader that i had said you only get out of your relationship with the lord how much you put into it and i had this huge standard like I can only put in five minutes. Oh, my gosh. Like, this guy does three hours a day. And, but um, in one of those journaling moments, I can remember the Lord saying, like, just reminding me of all the stories where someone had very little, and that's what they had. And he just multiplied it. Amen. Like, so much that you couldn't even count it in abundance. And so he, like, gave me that word. Uh, you know, it's okay, like, this is a season where you have five minutes, ten minutes, and there'll be seasons when you have more, just whatever you have, like, he just wanted to connect with me, and so that, you know, carry me through, and um, so that hunger and thirst, I think, is huge, so if you struggle with connecting with the Lord, I think, just crying out, like, stir up my hunger, stir up my thirst, Uh, make me desperate for you, because that's going to carry you to him, but a, like a quick story of that I hadn't even thought of, because when I heard um, you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies, I I had this picture of this one story, and I was like, I am not sharing that. It's like crazy, but um, but I think it's really important. So I one morning I woke up, my husband was working really early hours, so I was by myself with the kids. And they were asleep, and um, I'm journaling, and I was journaling about, you know, the story where Paul and Silas are, I think they're in Philippi, and there's this girl following them, and she's harassing the slave girl, harassing them, and Paul finally, like, rebukes that spirit and casts it out of her. So I was, like, journaling, and then then they go to prison, and they're worshiping and praising God, and... um, so I was, like, writing all this stuff down about the scriptures. And all of a sudden, I started hearing noises in my house. And then my kids started just screaming in their beds. And I did not grow up with, like, any kind of understanding about spiritual dynamics around us or anything. So, but I knew, <laughs> it was like, there's something really bad going on right now. And I just knew in my heart there was demonic something going on and so I had just journaled this and I was like I'm just gonna try this out and so like I tried what Paul had said to this demon only I said you know to leave my house in the name of Jesus and everything like just went like everything stopped my kids went back to sleep there was no more noises and I was just like oh my god like I knew that they were probably like around, but they couldn't come in where I was right there, like the Lord's presence, and so I remember that was huge, and through the years, I mean, if you ever want any ideas for journaling, just talk to me and Allison. (laughs) We can, like, hook you up, because I've got tons of journaling ideas um, just to keep it alive, and sometimes you get to the point where you can't, like, you might be in a season of lament or oppression. It's just, or maybe you're too exhausted to connect or uh, I have RA and sometimes my hand. I literally could not write. So I'm like, how am I going to connect with you? So just, you know, lay there and just talk to him. And, but just, like, connecting, even in the pain, don't blame him. Like, are you... Maybe you need to blame him, like, like God. Why are you doing this? And then, and then he's like, No, this is not me doing it. Like he reveals his character. Sorry, I hope that wasn't sacrilegious. But uh, you keep pressing in, even in the pain, and like, like just remembering that when he prepares a table in the presence of the enemy, it's not like Allison had said one time. It's not the most comfortable place to be surrounded by your enemy. But the fact is when he does that, the enemy can't touch you and and he's the one feeding you and nourishing you and strengthening you. And so I think that's everything I was gonna share. So that's great. <laughs> Thanks, Dana.
0: I love it how Dana um, ended talking about hunger, because that's where I was gonna end at hunger. So um, yeah, I mean, as you can, as you've heard, and I hope you've heard all the little tidbits from all the testimonies of the people of God sharing with you, like the, and as Ben mentioned, like the Bible is very permission giving about prayer. And I hope you heard all the different ways that you can connect with the Lord. The important thing is to do it. And the important thing is to, to just to stir up your hunger, notice it and then respond to it. And the more that you do that, it's a crazy thing about the kingdom of God, like when you're hungry and you go to him and you get filled, you get more hungry. And then you go to him and you get filled and then you get more hungry. And hunger is powerful. Like it is one of the most powerful things we have as people of God, our hunger for the Lord. It opens everything. It opens the world up. So um, yeah, I think that's it. Lindsay, would you like to say anything or lead us into some kind of response thank you everyone yeah